Hello, other record listeners. This is Rebecca. Welcome back to our podcast. I hope you're all doing well and are happy and excited to start spring. This episode, I think, is a very special episode that we have for you today. I'm incredibly excited to introduce our second guest to other record podcasts. Michelle Angel joined us this week. Michelle is a college student, new to her relationship with God, and it's a very, very brave young woman. Before you do listen to this podcast, I did want to let you know that this episode will touch on sensitive topics such as depression, suicidal ideation, and sexual abuse. If you don't feel comfortable listening about these topics, we just wanted to make you aware um, before continuing. If you do decide to listen, please take care of yourself and that you have your mind open, your heart open, and your soul open because Michelle welcomes us to her world and she opens up with such a an open heart and she demonstrates to us that vulnerability can be a strength and I, I was just in awe of her I was just honored to be able to listen to her story and for her to be able to share with us um, so once again I am so happy to introduce to you Michelle Angel and we hope that we created a safe space for her to share her story enjoy the episode welcome michelle to the other record podcast and i just want to thank you so much for joining us today um how are you feeling today i'm good i'm good thank you for inviting me it's an honor to be here awesome what did did leia have to do a little bit convincing to you though no what it took (laughs) i didn't (laughs) Yes. <laughs> all right well um so to get started i just want to um have you like take a moment to introduce yourself just a little bit so um our listeners can know who we're speaking with hi everyone um i'm michelle um not much to me um i am a junior in um college first generation um I come from, I was born and raised um, Catholic. Um, at the moment, I'm not sure what I define myself. Um, I like to say, um, this is what Leah taught me. It's more of like a relationship with God. So that's where I'm at right now. And it's just building that relationship. And like she said, before I've heard her say, it's like a two-way relationship. So that's where I'm at right now. I don't really define myself as any part of religion. Um, it's more of a spiritual relationship with God right now and Jesus. And I am reading um, the Bible. It, um, yeah, gave gifted me a blue Bible. I don't remember what which one specifically it is. It's um, mm-hmm. I think it's the King James. No, it's the New International Version. Yeah. So I just take time out of my day and read it, um, you know, when I'm feeling most um, like not myself, when I'm like depressed or not having a good day, um, or even when I am having a good day, you know, I just turn to it and I I read it. Um, right now, though, my favorite book is um, the book of Psalm, and mm-hmm. I just feel like I can relate to it from what I've read, I feel like so far. Um, other than that, um, 
that's pretty much it. That's me. <laughs> it's funny how when I asked her to introduce herself, she just jumped right in into faith and God. That, <laughs> I know. That was, that was so interesting that was for me. so interesting. It's a big Boy. part of my life. <laughs> okay okay um before we do get started in talking about god because i think is um obviously one of the most fun topics for me and also for other records to talk about god but one thing i've been curious about is um how did you end up living in auburn or you know northern california like how 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 did you get there basically <laughs> well, i was born and raised in auburn um my parents migrated here and um, this is where they set their foundation. And so I've always lived here. And to this day, I'm, I'm still currently living in Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have plans to move out, though, like... Out of the city? Out of the city? Of yeah. Auburn? The town, yeah. Small town. <laughs> okay, okay. And where where did your parents migrate from? Um, From Mexico. Mexico. Have you gone there? Several times, yeah. Nice. Okay. I've never gone to Mexico, so or even where my parents are from. I hear that it's beautiful though. Um, but I was really curious just because like you said, Auburn is like a town and it's not like, you know, people come from Mexico saying I'm gonna live in Auburn, right? So it's just like a <laughs> exactly, curious yeah. <laughs> thing for me. Um, it's a small town, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because um my parents came um, from El Salvador, but then they stayed in LA and then San Francisco, which are two huge cities. So, so it, it was just like a curious question that I had, you know, how your parents ended up there. Yeah. But did they have already? They had family there already. We, we had a family, friends, and people from um, the specific town in Mexico where they were from, and they knew. So this is the Auburn is the only um, town they or place in the U.S. that they really knew and. So this is the only place they could really set their foundation to start. And so um, um, they knew a couple other areas in Texas and Florida, mm-hmm. but I think they just liked California better just because there, there was more population from where we, from where they were from. So it was like there was already a community. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because I mean, like, who wouldn't like California? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I am a California baby, so that's bias. Um, and um, talking about your family, would you say that you're close to them? I am super close to my family. Um, you know, growing up, I was always so close to my mom. Um, emotionally wise, I would always go to my mom. Um, she's my best friend, and <laughs> I talk to her about everything, literally everything. Um, sometimes I'll be like, hey, mom, do you want to talk? Or like, I just go for coffee. And, you know, I feel like, I feel like we grew up together. She had me at a very young age. And mm. so. How old was she? She was uh, 17. Oh, that is young. Yeah. So we like grew up together and we're still learning things like about ourselves. And um, she was so new to being a mom and you know like I was her firstborn um in a whole different country and she has no um intermediate family here so it was so mm-hmm. hard we literally had each other so um we had our we we have each other's back and I feel like that's just you know um sort of, kind of sort of like our safety network um like my dad he's more of a 
financial figure. I mean, he's there emotionally too, but most of the time it's just financially or if I need anything. I feel like that's his love language. Mm. He didn't have it much growing up, so he feels the need to provide for his, for me and my uh, sister financially. It's showing his active love for us, and um, I got a lot of that growing up too. And I have a re- very good relationship with my parents. Um, I think that that's so nice to hear. I think your mom would be actually very happy to hear that she's your best friend because. <laughs> Um, that's actually very impressive coming from a young person such as yourself to say my mom, especially now, right? Nowadays it's like, my parents don't understand me. You know, I want to do this or I want to do that. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah, I, I did definitely hit a stage, you know, mm-hmm. adolescence growing up in my teenage years, um, 15, 14, 16. I was, I had that type of mentality and outlook on life with my parents, you know, I would be like, oh, like they don't understand me. They don't know what I'm going through and stuff like that. And I feel like it, through time, you learn and you, as you grow, you like mature and they're actually seeing things for what they really are. I wasn't always like this, so. <laughs> I was curious about that. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, getting to that spot to tell, to say that your mom is your best friend, like, um, you ha- you said that you had a little bit growing up to do to understand where she was coming from? Exactly, yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. That that takes a bit just because you're trying to um mature yourself, but you're also you're still the child, right? You're still right. the daughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I I just think it's interesting that separation cuz I wouldn't be able to say that um uh like emotionally my mom is my best friend, but I think spiritually she is. And I, and I think that's something different, right, that we can say just because I have a lot of sisters and I think emotionally they've been sort of present. But, yeah, that's good. I think I think that she would be really happy to hear my daughter says I'm her best friend. And I have a question here. It says, uh, have you found someone in your family or close friends who inspire you? Like getting to where you are now, you said that you're a junior in college. Was that inspired or was were you the first one in your family to like strive for more? Like, what would you say? Um, well, it's a loaded question, but <laughs> break it down. Um, as a first gen, gen and um, striving for the college um, status, I should say, and, and my intermediate family was the biggest thing. I felt the need to accomplish, um, you know, um, just being 18 straight out, of, straight out of high school, you know, I was like, oh, I was fearful of college and um, I didn't have any guidance um, to fill out uh, financial aid applications to um, kind of did the research on my own. And my parents kind of sort of saw that and they were like, you know, all they could really say was, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Mm. And so crossing that barrier to see the first gen was a huge burden. I feel like it was a huge burden because um, not only did I have to prove myself that I could do it, I had to do it as a role model since mm. I'm also the oldest for my mm-hmm. sisters and to show them like, look, this, we can do it. Like if I could do it, you can do it type of thing. So um, I 
Honestly, I think I do it more for my parents than I do for myself. Um, I'm 21 and I still don't know if I want to keep majoring in the same major if I want to continue with my education or, you know, I'm having an identity crisis um, with school (laughs) and I don't know what I'm going to be doing as a career and that um, stress and Mm -hmm. um, fear of the future scares me. But um, I think just, I take it one step at a time. So one obstacle at a time, you know? Um, And so that's my background with, um, with college and stuff, uh, education, but spiritually I've had uh, my biggest role model. Spiritually would be Leah and uh, Rebecca here on the <laughs> other record. Um, oh, wow. Honestly, I was not like that. My relationship with God was so toxic. And when I met Leah and I was like, wow, like I want that relationship with God. Like I want, I want that friendship with God. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I was like, if she can have it, I can have it. And so, and she taught me, you guys have taught me a lot about who God is and um, the Bible. Cause I have, I had no idea. No one really showed me. We kind of just went to church and that was it, you know, like, and even when I was in church, I was like, what, like, what am I doing here? Like, what, what is this <laughs> talking about? Like, um, we kind of the only reason why we stopped going was because of COVID and then um, Mm -hmm. growing up, we didn't have that transportation to get us there. You know, my mom and I would always take us, us three. Yeah. Four girls walking and Mm -hmm. you know, my dad would be working all the time. And so walking to church wasn't really ideal all the time. Yeah. And so um, we kind of just stopped going because of the transportation issue. And then, when I was there, I I didn't really know why I was there. I mm-hmm. was very confused and about what the priest was talking about, what he was preaching, and I didn't really know. And so, like, when I met Leah, she taught me about, she was the first to teach me about the Bible and um, the first to show me the verse, how the verses work and what the books are. And so I started learning just recently when she gifted me that Bible, which I'm very thankful for. And so I think that was a huge start with like my relationship with God and my journey. Wow. I think it's really um, powerful. First of all, I want to say like, I think it's really powerful. The fact that you decided, you know, I want to do this for myself in terms of not just going to college, but also your spiritual life. And um, the fact that you said that, you, that we inspire you was actually, whoa, <laughs> I was actually very surprised. Um, I believe Leah, definitely, because I know that you guys are friends for our listeners. Yeah. Um, Michelle is Leah's friend. Um, I don't know if you guys, if like you guys want to talk about that. I have other questions, but if you guys want to like say a little bit. Yeah, I kind of wanted to say like how we, how we even know Michelle. <laughs> um so Michelle and I met in high school. So after, um, no, wait, when was it? Yeah, in high school. And in the beginning of middle school, I moved to Auburn with my parents. And so um, I did homeschooling for eight, like the rest of eighth grade. And then in ninth grade, 
I started at Placer. That's the only high school in Auburn. <laughs> and that's the one we went to. <laughs> and so um, we officially met, I think, in sophomore year. I think because we met in AVID. And mm-hmm. I think we had AVID freshman year too, I think. I don't know. Did we? <laughs> I don't think we did. No, I don't think we did. Because no. I think we we met sophomore year because you were in Hayden's class. And I was in. Oh, right. Oh, right, right, right. There's two <laughs> avid classes for ninth grade. And then sophomore year, we both had the same teacher. I forgot his name. <laughs> but um, yeah, we both had the same teacher. And then I don't remember the exact like interaction we had, but Michelle always said, tells me that she was with her friend Emily, who also became my friend. Um, and I don't know, was I quiet? I forgot what you always say. <laughs> no, I think I think you were with your friend, but I, I think it was Anna. You were with Anna. Oh, okay. And I think at the time that was the only person you knew. Mm-hmm. I I see at least that's what it looked like to me. And so like when we were in Avid, we had like this one activity where we had to like talk to the other class and like just just talk to them and like just hang out with them sort of thing. And so mm-hmm. like when we went out and then I saw Leah I was like in my head I was like oh like she's new like you know she's a uh plaster wasn't really like it wasn't there wasn't a lot of people of color so when I Mm -hmm. saw someone in my grade in avid you know I was like whoa like (laughs) person of color (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) and so I just went up to talk to her and I feel like that's where it started and then I feel like we had yoga at one point together. Oh, we probably did. Like that. <laughs> I think and it was yoga or PE. One of like one of those. Two. I think it was PE. Yeah. It was yeah. PE. And that's how you guys just like clicked, and that was it. And yeah, and then like soft after after like throughout sophomore year, we would just I started we started hanging out more because we would have avid together, so we just started hanging out more after. Or, like, meeting up to, like, talk about something. I don't know. <laughs> Were you also in, in, in the um, yearbook committee, Michelle? No. No. You weren't? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. The no. Always always um, the camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then junior year. Damn, we met each other for a while. And then junior year, uh, we, we started, like, uh, talking even more together. Um, and I'm trying to remember, I kind of forgot high school a little bit. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we still had Avid and I think we, we had a math class together or something like that. We had another class together. Yeah, we did. And how did it shift from just like, you know, school talk, right? Like teachers, homework and whatever to like faith, like what, what happened there? I think it really hit me when Leah left for senior year because oh. I, feel, I felt it in my intuition. I was like, oh, like, she's one of my closest friends. Like, yeah. I felt, I was like, oh, like, I felt like part of me was, like, leaving. Like, when she told oh, me wow. back, I was like, no. <laughs> and so I feel like that hit. And, like, during high school, we didn't talk about our faith. and Yeah, our not, not really. We, we would just talk about basically school and then like boys and stuff like that but it was never 
really like she knew I was Christian she I think I did tell you that my parents were pastors yeah um and you know that I would help them out in church and all of that and and like basically like the basic stuff but Mm -hmm. we never got into it either and also because of the fact that my relationship with God wasn't even well I had a relationship with God but I wasn't looking into it as much as I am now or it's not that I didn't care but my mentality and like me my maturity like it wasn't there yet to realize like I actually need God in my life mm-hmm. or to realize you know God actually li- listens to me or you know for him, me and him to actually have that relationship I wasn't there yet and I wasn't at that point in my life and so I we didn't really talk about that much um which since it happened just so everybody knows in this you know and the listeners also know like when you're not where you're when you're not tight with Jesus like you don't share about him to anybody you don't even mention him in your conversations like that's something that it's very very common because you don't even know how you feel about him you're like I don't know I don't even know he's listening to me right now so why would he listen to somebody else that type of thing um that this is interesting though I'm going sorry I interrupted you uh but yeah, so we would just talk about like classes, school, life, like here and there would be like, so how, how is everything and and all that? We talk about boys. And then we would like, usually it was during lunch, we would hang out. And that was a time that we had more to talk mm-hmm. rather than just when we were in class and we had to, we could talk, but then we had to focus, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, we would have like lunch together. I still remember like sometimes we would be on the bleachers because everybody would, it was an off-campus lunch that everybody always had. So everybody would leave. And so we would go to the field and just hang there or something. Or if we want, if we had the money, we would go out. And- <laughs> Do you guys remember, um, like, the first conversation you guys had? What was it about? Was it just about school? Like, when you, when it got, like, more, like, deep? Because I know, like, over the years, I've observed both of you. And it's been different, you know, from where, you know, Leah left Auburn to, to like moving, you know, to the city again and everything. Like, when did it shift from just like, you know, over the top to, okay, let, let, let's get deep. Yeah. Let's get to the, you know, nitty gritty, like Nacho Libre says. Um, how, what would you guys say? What, what was that conversation? Um, we didn't really I feel like when Leah when Leah left I think that's when we started connecting more I don't know why but it was weird I feel like like the distance I feel like we started connecting more and so we finished senior year Leah went to different high school she graduated from different high school and I stayed at Poffer but I think it was a little bit um into our freshman year of college, I, I mm-hmm. think, when we started getting comfortable about talking about God and our faith and our relationship, I feel like that's when we really started talking about it. And then yeah. we started sending each other packages. And then oh, right, 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 right. Put a prayer or always like, like um, I pray that you and your family, you know, are blessed and are good and I started to kind of do the same thing and I started sending packages too. And um, we just started talking about it. I feel like the distance helped and us growing as individuals um, mm-hmm. separately, I feel helped, helped us too. Um, so this whole topic about God and Jesus is very new. It's 
fresh. We didn't. We yeah. just recently started talking about him. I like uh, the way that you put it because many times um, people like either in in friendships or when they're in a romantic relationship or with family or any type of relationship, people don't put it that way. That like if you're apart, you're still growing up individually, but still your relationship is getting tighter. And I like the way that you put it because you're like we're going up individually, but you know, we're still, we're still there and we're still tight. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I just never thought about it that way. Um, but I remember like uh, one of the conversations that we had, she had always asked me like, um, so what's up? Like the way that, cause she, she knew it was very different the way that I grew up as, as a Christian and what we believed in the church that I went to. And I, I mean, most of the time, I mean, not most of the time I still believe in many of those things because <laughs> uh, it's a part of my life um but yeah so like I gave her like the gist of it and then we had another conversation where she was really like no but I want to know more and I think that's where it started because she t- she was asking me and so I felt more comfortable actually telling her like oh hey like this is what it is because many times I can come up to a person or to my friend and I could start talking to them about it. But if they don't give me that space to be comfortable talking about my faith, then I won't be. And I'll just like, you know, cut it quick. Like, this is what it is. Okay, we're done. <laughs> but with her. I think it, was, I mean, it does take curiosity, right? For somebody to be like, okay, here I go type of thing. Because um, why, why do you guys think faith is so like, like vulnerable? Why do you guys think that is? Because you said that it started until you left. So you guys weren't really like, you know, face to face, right? You guys were not hanging out at lunch anymore and everything like that. And you two were also growing up, probably having difficult moments with family or in personal lives and everything. But why do you think talking about faith is so vulnerable? I think, well, for me personally, I think it's very vulnerable because having faith or like believing in God or um you know to anybody else who believes in something else it's like it's like a deep connection that you're having and it's like at your most because that's where you go to when you're most vulnerable well I think well one of I wanted to say like I wanted to say when you were um talking the word that came to my mind when you said that is vulnerable because God or Jesus is the place that we go to when we're like sad, you know, depressed or um, in need of something. Right. And that's intimacy. Yeah, exactly. Intimacy. And that's something (laughs) that you don't have with just anybody. Like, Mm -hmm. like even with a, you know, human being, you're still very careful. Now imagine uh, like God, who is somebody you can't really that you can't see you know, mm-hmm. face to face that you can't feel physically, but you feel him, you know, in your soul, you feel him in your heart. And I feel like that's even more vulnerable because you're really putting yourself out there and saying, hey, God, like, look, I'm here. Like, you know, I'm being, uh, I'm humbling myself. I'm humbling my soul. I'm humbling my heart. I'm humbling my, my flesh because I'm trying to get into a deeper connection with you and trying to ignore what, what like, you know, the rest of the world, basically. And so... I'm humbling to something I cannot see. Yeah. And and so I feel like that's why it's very vulnerable and it's very delicate because it's also 
a huge part of your life. What about you, Michelle? Like what, what like um, sparked sort of to be like, I want to know more about what she believes in, even though, cause, cause you share with our listeners right now that, and with us that you grew up Catholic, right? So you, you, do, you do know about God, right? But what sparked that interest about Leah's upbringing? I think, well, we were talking, well, Leah mentioned, um, like when we're sad, we're vulnerable. So we turn to God and we're, you know, we talk to him, expect, you know, we expect to feel better afterwards. And I feel mm. like that's what Leah and I bonded over the most, you know, um, we would always be like, oh, we're so, like, I'm so depressed and so sad. And, you know, they would be like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling like that a little bit too, you know. And we, we're always feeling like a little empty inside. And I feel like that even having to bring up that conversation is like vulnerable, you know, having to remember those things and having to both of us be depressed and be like, you know, like talking about it and just, Leah would always mention God and, you know, like a certain prayer or um, I know that we also bonded over songs mm -hmm. and Leah would send me like 15 to 10 songs. She was like, <laughs> listen to these, you feel so much better. <laughs> she does love her music. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, the songs had a really um, impact on our conversation about God. And I feel mm. like after listening to the songs, like our bond got even stronger because we weekly we would be like oh like i just found this new song like listen to this bit um the whole um moral of the story was just for us to stop feeling sad basically and you know we turn to god and we turn to jesus and we just pray i have i have two things to ask both of you and you guys can go ahead and ask and answer however you guys want but um you guys are both the same age somewhat right i think michelle's a little bit older right a couple months or something? A couple months, I a think. Couple so, yeah. A couple months. Well, basically, so, she's, a, she's a whole year older than me. Oh, a whole year. Okay. Yeah, because you'll be 22 this year, right? In December? Yeah. Woo-hoo. Oh, she uh, yeah. She's a December baby. <laughs> Winter yeah. baby. Um. So my first question is, um, let's talk about the, the topic, which is like the huge one, I think, amongst a lot of women, young women especially, but also students and just anybody age right but especially with women let's talk about that depression if you guys don't mind let's talk about that like you have you both mentioned sadness and depression and I just want to ask um what moments and also like you know it, like how how did you come to the point where you're going to share about you know Leah I'm feeling depressed because that takes courage as well that's not easy to say to anybody you know like I'm not feeling it you know some people just say I'm not feeling good right now but there's something in it right but nobody really can um categorize it or have a word for it so let's talk about depression like what what happened in in those years or something or that phase what was going on with both of you um. well Oh, go ahead. <laughs> the listeners can see this, but they both are laughing because none of them wants to go first. <laughs> um, but go ahead. Anybody. So for me, I wasn't quite sure. Like, I feel like I was probably really sad. But at the that point, or I don't know, I was probably depressed. I don't know. Um, I probably <laughs> couldn't. I couldn't see it myself, probably. Um, but I think I say I say like that I that. 
I felt vulnerable going to God when I was depressed because at one point in my life I was and I had noticed it. And so, and he is the one I ran to because honestly, I, I, I tried to find happiness or peace um, in people, even in my own family or, or like in other friends, but I couldn't find it. And whenever I was, I went to church and I was in his presence, that was the only moment where I really felt like, like I can breathe, like I can, mm. I can let it all out. I won't be judged because we're all here for the same reason. And so and when that in in that in that stage of my life when I was depressed, which was my um, early teenage years, um, like that that's that's what it was for me. And sometimes, like I still get like into like little you know times of depression because we all go through them, unfortunately. Um, or when I'm really sad, or when I'm just feeling like you know the, this world sucks. Like I don't want to you know I don't want to deal with anything anymore. Like. Or when I'm having anxiety, because that's an issue I have too. Like, I I go to God because it's like uh, He's really like a breath of fresh air and mm-hmm. one that you you won't be able to find anywhere else. And that's what, like what it what it was for me. Like, and I think that's the emptiness, right? That Michelle shared. Like, there was an emptiness, like that only can be filled by, um, by God. You know, by going to by having faith. And that someone is listening, that someone is there for you. Um, what about you, Michelle? Um, well, kind of going what, off what you said, um, I never really turned to God the first times I was depressed or that I ever acknowledged that I knew, you know, I was like, oh, like I'm depressed. Like I kind of just felt like it was normal. Like, oh, this is normal. Everyone goes through this. I'll get over it, you know, type mm-hmm. of thing. Like, I, I'll figure it out myself. Like I can get myself through this. Um, I never really, I, I didn't start with God. I, I don't think I ever started telling God that I was depressed until just recently, you know, it kind of felt shameful and um, vulnerable and embarrassed, embarrassing. You know, I, I didn't want him to think, Oh, like, why are you depressed? You literally have everything. You know, you have mm. a good life, have a good job, you know, good at, you're getting an education, you have parents that love you, like, why would you be depressed? And so I feel like I didn't start opening up to God about depression until I got comfortable, even though there's something Leah shared with me, like, Jesus knows, right? He knows everything. Like, yeah, he knows what we're thinking. He knows the, un- the unsaid, the untold. And so... Even though he knew, I, I just didn't feel comfortable sharing that part of me with him just yet. And so, like, depression, I feel like my worst depression hit when I was, like, in high school. I think it probably more towards, like, the end of junior year, senior year, and then first year of college. Definitely. I was living off um, functional depression. Um, I was busy all the time. You know, I had a busy schedule over this um Always you were distracting yourself. Exactly. So I wouldn't have to feel that feeling, the emptiness, um, the sad, sadness. Um, you know, I avoided. I avo- avoided at all costs feeling that way. You know, I would try to fill my life up with unnecessary things, unnecessary people. Um, until I was like, you know, like this is a real problem. And I had to do something about it because it got to a point where 
I was at a very dark spot in my life. And so like, I was like, I, you know, I need, I need to fix this. And so, and it's hard to even coming to that point where you need help mm-hmm. because most people don't even realize it, you know, and it, it's so sad having to see it, like having my parents to see that. And um, that's, that's when I started like really talking to God and like telling him like, this is how I feel. And so like, I feel like that's when he did like a 360 on my life. Like when I actually told him and like, he was like, okay, like, you know, I feel like he sets, sets us up for, for when we're ready. So I feel like mm-hmm. at that time I was ready to talk to him about what had happened and why I was so depressed. And after that, I feel like that's when he was like, okay, like that's all I needed to know. Right now I'm going to, now it's my turn to fix you. And, you know, like break you and, you know, kind of like in the song to say, I'm going to break you and then I'm going to put you back together. (laughs) And so like, I feel like he's still doing, he's doing that right now. Mm. So it it takes a lot to get to that point to like feel vulnerable and be vulnerable and then speak up. I agree. Um, And, and I think like you put it so like beautifully and perfectly, you know, to say that, he was waiting for you right in order for you to sort of like say it out loud and I think um anyone who's gone through like a hard moment in their lives any hard moment it takes so much like for us to even say um this is what happened or this is what I'm going through and how are you gonna fix this you know or or what are you gonna do about this um, cause it takes, you know, for you and for me, for Leia, for everyone who's listening to actually say the words. But I think, um, one thing that's important that you mentioned is that, um, you, you didn't really know what it was. And I think a lot of our listeners, right? Like even the, especially when we're teens, we don't know what is called, you know, depression. We don't, we don't know about it. So, um, so then we don't say it, right? And I don't know about you, Michelle, but I know me and I know Leah. We sort of grew up in that environment of saying, like, you know, just sort of get over it. Like, you know, it's going to be okay. Like, you're fine. You know, they pat you in the back and they're like, okay, okay. There, there's no, like, do you want to sit down and talk? There's nothing like that. So um, did you grow up like that too? Yeah, especially in, like, you know, Hispanics, Latinos, um you know, we have that stigma of mental health and like in disbelief. And so mm. it was really hard to talk to my parents about it, you know, like oh, you they would did, get though. mad. I did, yeah. I was very outspoken about um mental health and um wow. my feelings. It was hard because um having parent I mean both parent both my parents are very loving. But putting them in that spot like oh you have a daughter who's on the verge of suicide and like what to do you know like like what do you do and so like I feel like the easiest thing for them to do is basically just like be like you're gonna be fine like do something mm-hmm. distract yourself you know they they didn't know you know <laughs> they don't know um they don't really know much about it um and so I feel like it at the time it I took it as like stab and back I was like wow okay but now that I like I I bring up that conversation up with them again and like they're honestly like we don't know Michelle like what do you want us to do like 
we've never been through this before sort of thing, you know, and I feel like it, the lack of education, the lack of experience, I feel like it's because they grew up in a place where it wasn't really talked about and really did, they just didn't know, like, and so having to deal with that, like you said, yeah, it's, it's very hard growing up in a household where they tell you to get over it when it's, it, it sounds easier than, than to actually do it. Yeah, yeah. it definitely does. And I want to um, not move past that moment that you mentioned something that, um, were you at a point where you wanted to harm yourself? Um, yeah, I, I was. And what was the, like, what did it take to sort of not go there? What was it? Um, I, I, I feel like I would always think about it, but when I went to actually do it, I, I really couldn't because I mean, I think what stopped me was like, I feel like I did it more because of my sisters. Like, I didn't want them seeing that part of me or like, um, like my parents losing a daughter. I feel like I did it more because of them than I did for me. I'm so sorry you went through that. <laughs> it's okay. Thank you. It's interesting how I'm good, in, in that moment you said that um, you thought of them. Yeah. That that that's love. <laughs> it really is, because um, I, I um, we we all know because I mean I'm in public health so I know like the studies and everything. But talking about just in real time, real life, like um, I think each one of us knows somebody who who went through with um, you know in that way of harming themselves, like actually did something. Um, or was on the verge of that. And I think um, it hurts to hear, right? Because um, I share with Leah and, you know, that I I thought about it when I was younger too. I mean, it, it's a very, like, when you're in a low point in your life and you're just like, like Leah says, just this world does suck sometimes and it, it feels like it does. Um, but I... I think for me, it wasn't even my family. And I just admire that for you. It was, it was, um, for me, it was God just because the Bible does say that, um, thou shalt not kill. And that does not only mean for people who want to kill other people, you know, it does mean for, I took it as like for myself as well. Um, because if I were to take, you know, what he gave me, I don't have that right. You know, I don't have that authority. And for me, it was like, you know, I am in this path because I chose to be. But it also God brought me to believe in him since I was a baby. Um, and I want to see him one day. And if I do something that, you know, offends him as this action that I might do, then I won't see him. And then what was the whole point? So for me, it was him, you know, just making sure like. You know, like I do what he asked me to do, because I think if somebody says in their whole lives, they've never thought about darkness or, or you know, like doing stuff like that. Maybe they had a really good life and glory to God for that. But, you know, uh, you know, me, I can just talk about me like that was not it for me. Like I needed and he pulled me back. 
he knew what I needed and he was the one who pulls me back. So Yeah, I think from when I was at my darkest spot, I, I didn't really know much of God. But I if I did, I feel like I would have done it for him, most importantly. Um, but at the time, like I said, um, I had a very toxic relationship with God at the very beginning. So I didn't really know much of him. And so at the time when I was thinking those things, I wasn't really thinking of him. But now looking back at it at where I'm at now in life, if I had the um, relationship with God that I do have um, at the old me, I would definitely would have, have done, would have not have done it for him. Right. And thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. I do appreciate that. I, I thank you for answering that. Like, um, you know, openly. I appreciate that so much. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad. I think I, I think it's just, you know, um, bravery because it doesn't come in that moment. Right. Like in that moment, you don't think, oh, I'm going to be talking about this to everybody. <laughs> yeah, I like literally wrote notes to myself and I was like, I, I don't know. I just right. it just changed the whole conversation. Mm. But I, I felt the need in my heart that I had to. I had to say, I don't know. I feel like someone might listening to this. It could very be helpful for them. Well, I'm I'm sure somebody's gonna listen to this and they'll be like, Yeah, Michelle knows what I'm talking about. Um it's funny how like this conversation is actually flowing exactly how I wrote it. It's weird, Leah, because it's the second interview that we're doing and it's just it is glory to God. But um, I, I think now the conversation is jumping into God. So one thing that you mentioned twice already is I had a toxic relationship with God. Can you talk about that? What, what does that mean to you? Like having a toxic relationship with God? Um, you know, I didn't start actually labeling it until before this meeting because I was like, oh, I know I'm going to have to talk about my relationship with God. How do I explain how it started and mm. the easiest way to explain it was if you're in a toxic relationship you know mm. um i was the toxic one in the relationship and i feel like he was just there the whole time and um that's so that's like the easy way of explaining it um and so Growing up, like I said, I I knew there was a God. I knew there was someone out there of the higher power. Um, I just didn't know who and much of that person um, or spirit. <laughs> um, so um, I feel like I didn't want to know him in the very beginning. Um, I don't. I liked faith, and mm. um, part of me also didn't want to even take the first step to like start that conversation with God or even get to know him. Um, I went through a lot of childhood trauma and that really shaped the way I viewed God. And I was very angry with him. And, you know, I was mad that he let a lot of things happen to me. And, you know, everyone has their own story. And um, I was so upset. I and I was like, why? Like, why me? You know, and so most of the time I would just see me yelling at him or in my head and just 
asking them, like if I were in church, mm. I would just ask them, like, why? Like, why did you do that? Like, um, you know, why? And then I, um, I blamed him for a lot of things and for a lot of things that I went through. And so um, that that's the only reason why I say it's toxic because I, some days I was really like, okay, like, like I love you. And that's other times where I know hate is a really strong word, but I would literally say like, I hate you. And just speaking, speaking that. And um, I just didn't, I didn't believe, I didn't believe in him. I ha- didn't want anything to do with him. You know, like he would come and I would push him right back, you know, type of thing. Like those toxic relationships where you want that person, but like he wants me but he knows that I'm really toxic for him but yeah he still wants me (laughs) and I kept pushing him away and um I just I didn't I don't know it was really I really disliked him and I blamed him for the things that I had gone through and for things my family was going through and so at the beginning it was very like I didn't want to I didn't want to get to know him um, and it was very hard overcoming that barrier of God is good, you know. Um, I had this uh, feeling, an image in my head that he wasn't just because of the circumstances I was in, my situation, and um, it was hard to um, reshape that image in my head about God and um, my perception shifted dramatically after I understood and I'm still understanding why he did those things and I'm waiting for an explanation and I know that it can come today tomorrow or when I get to meet him one day and so um I know that I know that now he does things for a reason he doesn't Mm -hmm. just do things because he wants to do things and he always has a reason um of why he does things and so that that that's just why I say my relationship with him was toxic at first but now I've come to a realization that um he puts people through certain things just for them to learn something or you know he has something better for you and um it was hard to overcome to overcome overcome feeling that way towards him especially when it was very intimate um, one-on-one when I was just alone with him, it was difficult. And I think he was just waiting for me to say those things to him. Mm. Um, I know that they at one time um, I was asking her for advice and I was like, what do I say? Like, how do I say this? And she was like, Michelle, he already knows. <laughs> you just need to get, you just need to be brave enough and strong enough to tell him like why you feel that way towards him or what is it that you went through that made you feel that way about him? And so, like, I feel like once I did that, and it was just recently, I want to say, like, earlier this, last year was when wow. I opened up to him. And I was like, this is what happened. This is my story. Now I want to know why. And so I feel like I'm slowly learning why mm-hmm. he did those things. And, like, um, my relationship with him, again, did do like a 360 so I've learned so many new things about him and have totally changed my perspective on him um I have two questions for you um because um 
I think it, it's really, I think it's really important. Um, around the world, we have um, so many girls and men, right, in general, who've gone through something difficult in their life and everything. Um, and like right now, my stomach is hurting, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> um, because I, <clears throat> I've never shared it with Leah, so Leah doesn't know either, but um, for a long time, I think that was also one of the reasons why I was very afraid of a lot of things in my life. Um, I never blamed God um, for what happened to me. But I do know many, many girls who have and also many boys who have. So I was molested when I was little. So no one really knows a lot of that part of my life. And the reason why I never blamed him was because I never sort of like put him together with my abuser. You know what I mean? Sort of like exactly he was. How I feel, yeah. yeah. So, so we have the same story. Yeah. Crazy. Really. What a coincidence. I was very afraid to like bring that topic up because I knew I wanted to bring it up because I know we have uh, a lot of listeners here and I, I share the same experience. Yeah. And what it's, <laughs> um, I, the only reason I think I compared, I never compared him to my abusers. Um, was because I know there were two different people. I just blamed him for what happened and letting that happen for years. And so is that that's the only reason why I blamed him was because not only did it happen once, but it happened twice. And it happened to people we trusted, you know, like our family trusted or, and a really close family. And so it, that, it sucked. And so we, it does. And so I, I was like, why? Like, why me like I w- you know I was a child like I was so vulnerable like why did you let that happen type of thing and I, and I think um because I understand that I understand having to sort of like um separate you know because we have this thing of um sort of like saying why did you allow this right so one of the things that helped me because when I the first time I I spoke about it Oh, my God. I was like, uh, you know, like crying, like nonstop crying. And I never wanted to say anything because I just felt like um, this is like my biggest secret. You know, this is something I don't want to talk about. It's something I don't want to say. Um, and I and I just think that that's the reason why a lot of the things of my personality are how they are, because it does shape you. Abuse shapes you, unfortunately. You can overcome it. You can succeed. You can do so many things. And looking at me, you wouldn't even think anything had happened. Um, But the thing is, like, it does shape who you are, you know, eventually, because um, I believe in prophecy. And I think I've talked about it before in the podcast that um, two people, two different um, people God used to prophesy to me. The first one was, you've gone through all this. Um, because I want you to help other people. That was the first one. And then the other one, which I don't know how to take it so much, just because it was coming from a man. <laughs> yes. Um, but also, um, but I understood, you know, uh, what that meant, because in that moment, I was going through some turmoil in my heart and everything. And um, the prophecies basically said, it could have been worse. And if you tell somebody who's abused that, you know, it's like an offense, right? It's like a slap in the face. But that is not, yeah. yeah. But I don't think that's what the Holy Spirit was telling me. Um, You know, it was more of like, 
Um, it w- It could have been, but you know, it wasn't you know, as intense, because we know many women who have been raped. We know women who have been sold, right? Because human trafficking exists and everything. Um, And yeah, like, and I understood, you know, you know, where that where that was coming from. But I think in, in terms of my relationship with God, which is the most precious thing to me, I think I could say until right now and continues to be so, um, is I never put him in the same box because and I never blamed him what I did ask you know is like I actually didn't ask I complained <laughs> I didn't ask anything I just complained and I was like um this sucks and you need to help me because I don't want to hate and that's the thing with me I don't easily hate people I dislike people a lot I think my sister can tell you that um but I I don't I don't tend to allow my heart to go to the hate easily just because I feel like that's something Jesus doesn't believe in and God doesn't believe in. Um, so that's the reason why I was like, nah, you know, that, that like, I know, like, when that happened, you were not in that person because that takes a very dark p- spirit to be inside a person to put um, someone in an unsafe position. And that made me feel completely unsafe. So God makes me feel the safest. So I cannot say that that person had God in them or that God was present in that moment. So that's the reason why I understood. um, And there was also a preaching and I talk about it in one of my journals. um, When the pastor that I used to have, it was like a long time ago, probably 15 years ago, um, a preaching that he was giving. And it was about Genesis, specifically when the whole world you know, had turned against God, like the whole world. And it was getting to that moment where Noah's story was coming, you know, when the whole, um, how do you say it in English, Leah? I only know the Bible in Spanish. Noah's Um, story? Yeah. How do you say diluvio? um, Noah and the ark. Yeah, yeah, no, in the like arc. When, so when there's yeah. gonna be a rain and the flood, the flood. <laughs> yeah, there the we flood, go. It's the flood. flood. The earth. Yeah. Yeah. So the flood was was about to come, you know, and there was there was a verse, specific verse, um, the chapter before, uh, before Noah's story, where it says that God realized that men's heart would always turn to wickedness, always to the bad things. And then it says that 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 broke God's heart, basically. So the pastor was saying, um, you know, when things happen and he gave an example of a young man who had been raped by his brother. And and he said and he because that young man has told him, like, why did God allow this to happen? Right. Which is the question for many people who have been abused or have gone through really, really difficult things. And he basically what God responded or what the pastor responded to the men, I'm not sure. Um, It was that specific thing that men will always tend to be wicked because um, we were born in sin, which is what the Bible says. We literally have sin inside of us and we continue to do so. Right. There's always like bad things. Even if we don't put other people in unsafe positions, we might do things that are unsafe or un you know, unholy and none of us are perfect. So one of the things that that caught my attention and I was like, 
you know, sobbing inside my heart. I wasn't crying because it was during the entire congregation. Um, but I was like, ah, this makes a lot of sense now. So I looked more into it. And it's true. A lot of the stories in the Bible allow us to see that even the men who were God's men or God's women, there was always some wickedness. There was always something there. And I think that exists in all of us, um, which is the reason why, you know, I was it sort of allowed me to understand and, and forgive because that was the biggest thing for me, too, because you can't forget. And unfortunately, I have tried so hard and be like, can you just take the memories away? Would that be so difficult, Jesus? Um, but um, the forgiveness part is what he needed to work in me because I don't hate. But forgiving is the hardest thing, I think, you know, for humans. And that's the reason why. Yeah, that's why he said in the Bible, like, you know, you have to forgive 70 times seven. And I was like, ugh, that's too much. <laughs> You're going to say yeah. something. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Oh, no, it's okay. I was just going to say the same thing. Um, I'm just, I don't know, it's very inspiring that you are at that point in your life where you've learned to forgive. And um, for, for me personally, I haven't. And so it's been really difficult learning and trying to because as a survivor of abuse, um, it's hard, you know, it's hard. It is. And like what you said, you never forget. You just learn how to cope and learn mm. how to live with it. You know, it's not going to go away. And so that, that part is the most difficult is learning to forgive most importantly you know like like that's that's what um how do i say like i i I think it more it's more of a benefit for us Mm -hmm. than it is for the other person right i feel like it helps us more to live with peace and yeah but that whole story you shared that that was inspiring that was amazing my whole perception has changed it was awesome well, I appreciate you listening to me. Um, but I think that's where it's sort of like it, it caught my attention when you said that, because um, you kept saying he like as in God. And I was like, I think that's what that's what it is with um, most of us who have survived abuse. It, it is about um, separating God, because even people who don't even believe right that there is a God they're still saying even atheists say if there is a god then why would he allow right that's something that we hear a lot of the time but it's people who who don't know god and and they have a tendency to say if there really is a higher power he wouldn't allow poverty he wouldn't allow this he wouldn't allow we forget who we are we forget who, who humans are he created us with free will and it's unfortunate maybe well it's a good thing that we have free will but at the same time it's not because a lot of the things that we've done to the earth we're the ones ruining it is that really god's problem you know a lot of the things that happen in the world in general you know it is really like that conversation which definitely triggers a lot of people who um are just you know meeting god or curious about god or don't even know but it's always that phrase that I think I've heard since I was little, 
and I actually listened to a podcast of an atheist <laughs> and he always when there's like somebody who mentions God, he always has like an argument about it. And I think it's really interesting how that's something that he sticks by, though. He says, if there really is a God and I'm like, this is interesting because um, humans are not righteous like God is righteous, but we think that we are. And and there's a tendency to always like put, you know, God in our level and you forget who he is. So, um, but I wanted to say that. Leah, you want to say something? Yeah, I wanted to say, um, I think it's really funny also how, you know, we're such complainers as human beings. <laughs> like we really are because when you were saying like um, that God gave us free will and, and at, like with our free will, um, and then also when they like people complain or kind of just ask that question, like if there really was a God, why does this happen? Why does this happen? Why does this happen? And it's like, and then when when they talk about religion or when somebody mentions God, immediately it comes to, to their mind is like, oh, rules, 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 rules. And so I just think it's funny how... Um, we don't want to be restricted by rules, but then with our free will, we do something wrong or we mess something up and then we're complaining, why did it happen? Mm. And it's like obvious, like, and it's obvious, like it's us as human beings, but I just think that's really interesting that it's like kind of like a cycle that sometimes we even ourselves go through. That is like, God is giving, God gave us free will. It is our choice what we do with it, you know? And then when, when, when we get the, like the bad side or our, the consequences to what we do with it, then we go back to God and we complain. And we're like, why did this happen? Why did this happen? It's like, it's our own fault. <laughs> and a lot of the time, yeah, I, I, I do have to say that a lot of the time it is actually, um, because you know, if um, there's a story also in the Bible about like this, um, country that you know was going to be destroyed basically I don't know if you've read the story yet Michelle um, but um, God didn't destroy the city because of the children there and the children he said there are 10,000 children in this country or this city that don't know from left to right but the rest of them were adults so they knew but for those 10,000 children he was not going to destroy or 20,000 I forget the number but it was like a good amount of children who were there who dot who did not know from left, you know, to right. Like, you know, those children who are like, I don't know what's right, what's my left, et cetera, right? Um, and I and I bring this up because um the only ones, I guess in, in general, who who would be able to say, I don't know, it is a child. Because they're just beginning to realize, you know, like what is what is the world? You know, only a child will be able to tell you that. Um starting from probably your teens and up mostly you you have already discovered what what is right and what's wrong because mommy or daddy have already told you don't do that don't go don't go over there you know like they have already told you that but um but I think it, yeah Leah definitely has a point yeah <laughs> that, and also like I, I don't want to like to clarify like when I mean like it's our own fault like not everything well I mean like not everything that happens to us is our own fault but things that we you know take action on that's what I mean like if um so you're you're saying that we're responsible for the actions that we take 
yeah exactly yeah not not and we're not always responsible it's not always our fault what happens to us when it's no. not when we're not the one you know doing the action and also i wanted to mention um when you guys were talking about forgiveness the um i don't know if you've heard it michelle but the song of matthew west forgiveness um that just came to my mind because man that song whenever i listen to it, it it's like damn um and the part, the, the verse that came most to my mind was where it says, um, um, so the song is based off of forgiveness and being forgiving. Mm-hmm. And you, you could give context, though, because um, Matthew's albums, like the last three or somewhat that he did. This one is from the album Into the Light. And yeah. In 2012. And this album is based off of a bunch of letters he got from fans, right? Um, and a bunch of letters he has he had gotten. Um, I think that was probably his goal for this album to kind of like tell everybody's story, mm-hmm. the music and through the songs he wrote. And um, yeah, so this song is called Forgiveness and is basically talking about like um, being able to forgive a person. Or like a person who deserves it the very least. And then the verse that came most to my mind was um, when you guys were talking about, oh, when Michelle mentioned like, and sometimes you have to do it for yourself. Mm. And so the part that came to my mind was um, where it says, it'll clear the bitterness away. It can even set a prisoner free. There is no end to what its power can do. So let it go and be amazed by what you see through eyes of grace the prisoner that it really frees is you. And so I just thought like that just came to my head because that verse, that whole song is so powerful, but that verse, especially it was like, it's so true. Like forgiving, like Michelle was saying, like the, like you're the one, you know, by not forgiving, you're the prisoner. Like you're, you're the one that's holding yourself captive in that, in that circle or in that, in that box of anger or of 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 of, of um, hate or whatever you're feeling, um, because you know it's just that is it's such a simple word forgiveness, but it, it like takes a big action to actually do it. I think because it carries a lot. Yeah. It, it especially um, uh, you know, as survivors, I feel like it, it carries a lot. It, it carries, um, like I said, the memories, you know, it carries, um, it, it does, it, it does carry like a lot, you know, and, and that's why when Michelle was saying like, I'm not there yet, I completely understand. Um, it took me years to actually say what happened to me. And um, now that I said it, you know, publicly <laughs> for the first time, um, I, I still got like I told you, like my stomach was hurting and, you know, I still got nervous because it's a, it's a very, you know, like intimate, you know, thing for me. Like, I don't I don't like to tell the world. Right. Like this is. But I think it was necessary for me to sort of like say, you know, I understand in that way of the blame, you know, the, the blame of of putting on, you know, on God. You know, because it, it, there is a tendency to want to do that, um, but to forgive the person who put you in an unsafe position, um, it, it is hard. 
um, especially if they are close to you, if they're family, if they're friends or whatever it is. Um, so I understood where where you're coming from, you know, as in like, I'm not there yet. And it might take a little bit. I mean, you just, you know, were just able to tell God, like, and, and it's so fresh. And I think it's something that he'll continue to, you know, help you through it too. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I do have some last questions and I also want to tell you that it has been a pleasure talking to you today. Um, and in, in terms of like you said in the beginning, I remember you immediately in your introduction, you, you talked about God and your percent, your relationship with him. Um, so I have two last questions for you. And basically the first one was, um, when you said like, you know, that you, you're not really sure right now, or you, you don't identify really as anything, or I don't know if you do or anything like that, but within God, um, what, what do you mean by that? Like, you're not sure. Like, what, what would you say to our listeners? Yeah. Religiously, I, yeah. I don't like, I haven't, or I, I've labeled myself. I don't know if I will, or if I ever will. Um, label myself as a certain religion. Um, at this point in my life, I just know that I am a child of God. Um, I know that He is my Father, my King, my Savior. Um, and I just, I love having that relationship with Him instead of feeling obligated to go to church or feeling mm-hmm. obligated to follow the rules of the church and feeling just feeling to do feeling having the need to do things you know just it's not me and so having that relationship with god one-on-one has helped a lot and um uh, with identity i'm i don't really know where i stand all i know is that i am a believer my child of god religiously i haven't labeled myself um i'm not sure if i will um i just have certain opinions about um the Catholic Church, um, there are some rules that I do um, follow, some rules that I disagree with. And it's, it's difficult um, culturally, too, since, you know, um, coming from Hispanic background, um, Mexican-American background, and having cultural roots to the mm. Catholic Church. And it's difficult, but there are some things that I do truly believe in my heart, um, that the church follows, but there's things, there's rules that I, I don't necessarily agree with. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm split in between the two. I'm like, uh, should I do yes or no? But all I know that um, is that I am a child of God, and I, mm-hmm. I love having that relationship with Him personally and having that intimacy, like you said earlier. Well, I, I thank God for that. And also that he helps you. And I pray that he helps you um, continue in in his path, basically, and where he wants to take you and your relationship with him. And then the last question is, um, what is your hope? Um, First in life, in your general life and everything that you do, right, with school or personal, etc. And then also in your spiritual life, what is your hope? Um, my hope with uh, my life right now is um, once I do, I think the most important thing right now is uh, learning to 
to like love myself um, mm-hmm. and to love the person that God was making, you know, and trying to love the, it's like the, um, what's his name? Ella Cray, the good, the bad, the ugly. The song is trying to love every bit of myself and um, trying um, just to. Especially the ugly. <laughs> especially the ugly. <laughs> um, and my hope is just to uh, love myself um, with school and my education. My hope is to make it and get my degree um, and I feel like part of me is is uh, difficult to learn that it also is for me because mm-hmm. um, I, I just at this point and when I was enrolling I felt obligated to just because you know if we didn't go to college like you didn't make it and mm-hmm. that stigma and stereotype so I didn't want to fall into that so um, one hope would be actually use my degree and use my knowledge to, like you said, help other people, um, you know, share my experiences and, um, and just help um, my generation and in future to come. Um, also, I think what I'm worried about right now is trying, I, I'm, I'm looking into like settling and I think the most difficult part is trying to teach my kids who God is. And at an mm-hmm. early age, you know, like um, I, since I wasn't taught who God was at an early age, um, it's difficult learn, having to learn it by yourself right now and, you know, having all these questions. And I feel like when I have a family of my own, that's once my hope is to be a good um, a child of God and, teach my children um, who he is and you know at a young age it's just for them to know and for now that that's pretty much it for my hope I think that that's actually very beautiful that you in in terms of your spiritual life and also everything else but there's like that positivity in you you know um because I remember like the two times or three times that we've seen each other I think you've been um, very, uh, you've been going through things and, and, um, and seeing you now, it seems like, wow, you know, um, like you said, like God did turn your life like 360 and, you know, in a short period of time, but he did it and he's bringing you sort of like a new hope, like a new positive mindset into not just your life secularly, right. In terms of your school, your family, um, but also spiritually, where you're even thinking about the future, or how would I teach my children who God is and who He could be for them as well? Because, um, and I think that's the hope for everyone, right? You know, um, who believes in a God or the God, but who believes in God and says, you know, um, I, eventually when I get older, I would like to have a family, and I would like to teach, you know, the little kids that there is somebody up there, you know, like protecting them and watching them. And if something bad happens, you know, um, he they can run to him. He can be their refuge. He can be, you know, that light that shines in the end of the tunnel. You're like, I need to get to the light, but not stay in darkness. Because I think that's the most difficult thing, especially in our teen years, right? Or if we've gone through things, it goes all the way to our adulthood. So I just appreciate that. And thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. 
Um, and is again, Leia, like for real, like the interview just flowed with the questions. The last thing I want to tell you, Michelle, um, is I wrote down here a couple things which I did with our first guest because I wrote a description of how I see you and how I felt you, you know, like um, how you seem to me, even if we haven't like known each other for a long time because I know you're less, you know, friend. But I, I feel like you're like a little sister in, in some sense. Um, and I have three words that I would describe you. And the first one is um, open hearted. The second one is vulnerable. And the third one is you have a welcoming spirit. Like none of our interactions have I ever felt that you've been sort of like pushing us away, you know, as like people. You always have like a welcoming like spirit, like you're like, yeah, you know, like, let me talk to you. Like, you know, and you're like, I'm inviting it into my space, which is interesting to say that you're a survivor because most of the time we don't want people in our space. But the fact that you are so open hearted says a lot about who you are and you allow yourself to be vulnerable, which I think you've done with, you know, in Leah's friendship and your friendship, et cetera, because you've allowed for her, you know, to be able to, um, share, you know, who she is with you as well, but you yourself are vulnerable, you know, and receiving that with like, you know, a hu with a lot of humility. And then the welcoming spirit, I just, I felt it immediately because there was no like distance, you know, we, I don't think we even like hugged or we kissed in the cheek or anything, but it, it was just like easy, you know, for me to be like, oh, okay. You know, it, it, it was, it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> it Thank was very you nice. so much for kind words. Thank you. Of course. And then, um, like I always do, I'll just leave you with a verse. Um, it's in um, the first, first of John. So the first book of John chapter four, verse 12. And it's interesting how actually Leah is the one who said something about God not being able to be seen. So first of John chapter four, verse 12 says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And I just wanted to end with that because it's completely true. And I implore you, Michelle, to continue showing love and loving and loving and loving because I feel like you have so much to give and the world will give it back to you. It will. You know, there are people who are unkind and I know about that, too another sister, you know, to another sister. So, um, but I just want to thank you so much for being with us today. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, the honor is all mine. Thank you. I'm so happy that I was, I'm, I'm so privileged to be here talking to you guys about everything or conversation. And it's very fulfilling. Thank you. Well, we hope to have you again one day. Talk more, more about, because um, I think I mentioned this before, um, I think it's important for anyone who's going through schooling, you know, to listen to other people going through schooling as well, you know, especially young women who actually want to go to college and everything. So um, if we can have you back again, we'll probably be more on that. And there could be like a 30 minute thing of what not to do in college <laughs> or, you know, how how does it feel like to not have a major set in stone in your mind? Because um, I think they're important conversations to have. But I appreciate you being open hearted hearted in this episode. I know it took a lot of um, courage. I even show a little bit of courage, too. I'm, like, so surprised. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, but uh, I think we were really brave. I think we can acknowledge that. I think we, we, we were really brave to say what we said. So, um, yeah. So that's it. 